Hi there, this is Megan Van Petten, and I'm your host of Esports Connected Live, coming to you from on the road. Sit back and let me take the wheel and get you in touch with esports leading minds, bringing you the gold with lively interviews and insights that get you thinking. Come on, let's get connected. Welcome to the Esports Connected podcast. I am still your host, Megan Van Petten, and I couldn't be more excited live here from Power. Power what? Power South Bend. Oh, Power. It's just Power, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Power South Bend. Jeez, this is the first. What a what a exciting opportunity we have here. Yeah. So, just to start over, Brian Elixir. Elixir is how I would I would frame it as well. Yeah. Is it? It's very mystical. It is, right? Yeah. The founder of Power here in South Bend. Here we are with Matt Jackson. He is so hard to catch. The winner of our elevator pitch. I've been wanting to have him on the show for months. And I walk in the door of Power, their first year here, and who do I find? At the root beer sampling station. Matt Jackson. Matt, welcome. Thank you. So, are you responsible for all this greatness today? I mean, I would like to think so, but I am not, no. We are just running a small portion of the production and broadcast for the... Uh, I saw that. Was it the ARVR stuff over there? It was not. It's, we're, in the, we're actually in the eSports arena area with the cameras and the lights and the production stuff. I haven't even seen that area yet. Well, you got to come on over. I saw a photo of it. It's beautiful. It's a nice arena. Yeah. I mean, they've got some... Maybe we should take this live over there and show people. Because there's a big tournament in a few hours. Right, there? Smash Tournament, yeah. High school? There's a high school Rocket League, and then I think there's an open Smash Tournament they're doing. Nice, nice. That'll be fun. So tell us about you. You are at the coolest events across the nation. And world? Global? Local? Na- national, national. National? Yeah. Okay, for now. For now. Okay, so tell us, how did you get here? Because you're everywhere. The long story or the short story? What do you? <laughs> we have till 11 o'clock p.m. Okay. Well, when I was 19 years old and graduated high school last year, <laughs> I'm 35 now. I'm very more. I'm much oh more God. mature now. You know. You are. Yeah. 35. Yeah. It's amazing. Like time just flies. Yeah. Esports years though, it's like I'm 50. So. I don't know. I think, you know. It's just so hard. I meet people, and sometimes I'm like, are they 18 or 80? Because the, the, the younger generation is so mature. They've had so much exposure, yeah. even with the esports culture bomb that's well, been dropped on them. Well, think how much they can them. digest. Like, totally. they, they get to digest stuff now so quickly. Like you, even whenever I was a, a senior in high school, you know, we didn't have MySpace. Maybe we did. It was like right coming out. But I'm just thinking how people are able to consume information now so quickly. Yes. So now you have these younger generations that are, I don't want to say smarter, but they definitely are more knowledgeable and kind of the awareness of what's going on in the world. So, yeah, you're right. In esports, you never know if they're like 17 or 72. Like I know. <laughs> and I and most of the people I meet, I'm, I'm on Zoom or I'm on, um, there's Tony, or I'm on, or I'm like here, and I can't tell. People are looking good, they're working well, you know, it's a different, everything's just different. At the Esports Trade Association, I only met people on Zoom. 
And so I'm like, hey, Matt, hey, Matt. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Because, oh, like, no. Everybody was covered, so. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been so interesting because we met more people on Zoom and then we met in person. Yeah. And people are the same. Yeah. Which is actually an interesting kind of to your point earlier about how the younger generations are kind of more mature and kind of aware. Think about how many more people you can access on a digital network. You know, like like now meeting all the people on Zoom like that. If you didn't have Zoom, it wouldn't be possible. True. It really wouldn't. And think about, you know, just all the opportunity that we don't even know what we don't even know. Like digital pseudicals like instead of pharmaceuticals like call map is digis- yeah. d- digital pseudical yeah interesting you know, yeah. i know never really thought about that calm headspace that that's digital pseudicals like so many neat things Did like you make that word up i well i mean i have read i've seen the word it. i think it might be digiceuticals digiceuticals i've read it i can't own it yeah and i usually say words like in my own way anyways yeah. but I love that. I love my Calm app. Well, yeah. I like my Headspace app. Don't you? It's the so... Calm, Calm app, $3 billion valuation. <sighs> Why didn't you think of that? Well, I think I love it, and I'm so happy for them. Yeah, I think that there could be definitely a cross-product for eSports, because if you think about it... You're, for sure. You're talking about like the digital network and how it is enhancing us, and like that is true. But then on the flip side, you know, let's use intense gaming. There might be things that also create stress in your brain from some of that intense gaming. Totally. So where's the eSports Calm app? Right. That's like helping that kid that just gamed for eight hours trying to practice to make a team and then goes to bed, his brain won't shut off. Like, is there a way that you could kind of digisudal, digisudal? Yeah, like pharmaceutical, like digisudical. Digisudical. Well, you know, because we want to stay well. Like, we're in this, we're in this, like, and, and we're, we're, older we're, we're not gonna say how old Matt is I already told him <laughs> I'm <laughs> 60 <laughs> doesn't he look great yeah so <laughs> you, but you, really you're helpful. already like you're already like you're like right they're like almost retiring at 35 because right, that's try, our I, industry that's, right that's, yeah it's my goal right like, and you, you know you've been in the press lately so tell us you know tell us how you got here because sure. you are what a lot of people want to be when they grow up and you're you are everywhere and you've done it thank you really so much well. yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to see it that way but i mean the really the, the quick and dirty story of 19 um i've always ran cross country played basketball and i also love video games started having land parties in my parents basement local area network is what that was we had a system link it all together Halo 1 was the game. Me and my cousin getting a fist fight in my parents' basement. <laughs> That's when I knew gaming was intense enough to be passionate about <laughs> fighting your cousin. So it's got to be decent, um, you know, from like a, an entertainment and spectacle level. Parents got sick of the land parties in their basement, so I moved it to a little 25 by 25 foot area above a small cafe in my hometown. And I start hosting tournaments. Next thing you know, I've got a five to eight hour driving radius. People from Chicago, Columbus, Ohio, Chattanooga are driving to some small southern Illinois town to, to participate in a $500 tournament. I would promote it on MySpace. And then I went on to get my master's in architecture. So there was a few years to where I like, you know, I'd host an event here and there. At that time, I called it the Game Attic because we were in an attic, like kind of like an attic space. Yeah. And then we transitioned that to Ultimate Gaming Championship because we wanted to take it on the road. In 2011, I pursued a sponsor from uh, the UK named My Nutrition. It's a nootropic. Mm. 
and they didn't want to sponsor they wanted to invest and so that was the first kind of small portion of investment I got it was enough to buy some gear for uh, broadcasting uh, I also taught architecture and coached cross-country and track at a college in my area so I did that during the day and at night I would work with my British business partner on broadcasting and production and then in 2016 I secured proper seed round investment allowing me to quit teaching and that's when we've expanded to four business verticals, uh, technology, live events, content creation, and merchandising. And now um, we are really active in the scholastic space. We have over 12,000 registered high school players, just broke 20,000 total registered players. And I think in a lot of like regard, we look at this a, like a little esports metaverse. <laughs> you know, like they yeah. talk about the metaverse for Facebook. Like we want to build an ecosystem where there's high school players, middle school players, college players, amateur players, pro players, pro orgs. Co like coaches, recruiters, like we want to have this ecosystem where esports, everything lives within it. And I think what we see a lot of times in the industry is people try to silo it. So you'll have this state has this platform in tech, and this state has this platform in tech, but they can't communicate with each other. So on our platform, we have 12 different states that are managing their entire high school uh, scholastic programs. UGC doesn't run that per se. We partner with um, someone that is a coordinator, similar to whatever. State Athletic Association, IHSA. Right. So like Illinois I, High School Sports Association. Right. Yeah. And so like they've kind of had an initiative to launch esports as an activity within their wheelhouse. So we are working with those guys and their entire state is managed on our tech. With that said, they their students can go off of their kind of hub, if you will, and participate in amateur events. They can see what the Ohio players are doing. Yeah. You know, because I know when I used to run cross country. I would go online and try to see, like, what's the state champion in yeah. Missouri? You know, and, sure. and you start qualifying for those national things. Right. So that's really kind of what we're focused on right now. I mean, I always do the shameless plug. We are fundraising, but... Uh, are you still? Yeah. Okay. We're retrofitting our deck right now, really, to kind of tell a story of... We've got a pretty good target next year for our revenue generation. And, I mean, a, a big thing is kind of, you know, the digital technology and how we can attach our metaverse to Facebook's metaverse, and then now we are the esports metaverse that is part of a functioning actual metaverse. I guess we'd be like, esports would be like a planet, and the metaverse would be like the universe. Yes, yes. And, you know, I would love to learn more about what your raise is and, and who you're looking to partner with or and or raise. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that and how we could get a hold of you. And Sure. Uh, my email is matt at ugc.gg or you can follow me on Twitter, UGC Matt. Connect with me on LinkedIn, swipe up, whatever the, whatever the saying is. Um, and we are looking to raise uh, $15 million for one-third of the company. Okay. Puts us at a pre-money, $30 million, post-money, $45 million valuation, which, um, to be honest, if you look at the industry itself and some of the others in the space, you have High School Esports League, you've got Play Versus, you've got Nerd Street Gaming. These guys, all our valuation fits kind of in par with them. And last semester, we were the largest student base, I think, um, registered. So I, a lot of times I get questions about our valuation, but I think I have to understand kind of the exponential and accelerated growth that you'll see from an investment like this. You know, it's like I've ran a, a merchandising company. We did merch for Raekwon the Chef, Kiki Palmer, a lot of different um, kind of like influencers. And that's a pretty direct business. Right. You sell a product. This, you know, this is more of an emerging industry type thing. So usually the first question I get is valuation. Right? Yes. And so if somebody's familiar with esports investments, probably not asking that. But if you're just an investor, like, oh, 
Where's your recurring revenue? How do you, you know, show these things? But I think our target really is, it'd be nice for full acquisition in three years. So we really want to aggregate our registered player base, continue to add value to the scholastic market, look at some curriculum and career pathway opportunities that can be embedded within that. And um, then in three years, it'd be awesome to have a partner like LG Electronics or SHI International or somebody that would actually get value from an esports company as well. You know, that's the other thing I struggle with is a lot of these investment and acquisitions, how does the investor see ROI, you know? Right. And so like you look at LG or SHI International, by having a, a portion of a company like ours, we can help sell labs in the school and you could, you could show that. Whereas some other companies or investors may not fit kind of as easy of a task to show ROI, you know? Yeah, and I mean, one of the things I've seen over the course of my career is, first off, an investor or a, a, a VC firm or whatever is gonna look at who, and for starters, you have a great team. And you guys have been at it for, not yeah. years, for decades. Yeah. And you know, people look at you and they might think, oh, you know, you're younger and yeah. you're actually a very seasoned, experienced businessman yeah. with a lot of success and um, a great team. Then the second thing that I look at, and I know they do, is the relationships that you have. Yeah. You have some great partnerships, my goodness. They're, they're great partners, and they're yes. also friends. Like, it's funny because like, it's almost like you build friends. With, like The good partners is the ones that are like, texting you on the weekends. You exactly. Know? LG Electronics, SHI International, Logitech, Intel. Um, currently kind of talking to Varsity Brands potentially about some stuff we can do. But all of these partners that we work with really intimately, they, it's like you can tell there is like a mission of ROI that is obtainable. <laughs> because you can collectively work together to help them see the value in it. You know, like, whereas- You guys I mean, have mastered that. You, yeah. you guys as a team, like I have seen people that play together stay together. You guys really truly have a passion that, that is recognizable. I've seen you now do, do three, three events live this year. Yeah. Three, you know, great, great group of people. Yeah. And, and that, you know, you, it, you're only as good as your people I agree. and your partnerships. I appreciate that a lot. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that I, our team is great, and it's so funny because I'll get on these meetings with with uh, partners, and the ones that are like going to be those ones that are ride or die. Yeah. Usually, when we get off the call, it's like, Matt, you guys are just good dudes. <laughs> yes. Like, and I'm like, what do you mean? Are there people? Are, <laughs> are, is not everybody like a good dude? Like you know, I mean, and I know that's it's kind of silly, but it's like. Yeah. If I'm going to work with somebody, mm-hmm. they're going to know I care. I do care. Yeah. And they're going to know that my first priority is to make sure esports shows ROI for what they're trying to do. Sure. There is too many people in the esports space that will snag a sponsor, slap a logo on the bottom corner, and then say, thank you very much. And then the, the sponsor doesn't see ROI. And then I come to talk to that same sponsor. No, nah, I don't want part of esports, man. I got, you know. I got that didn't that didn't show ROI to me. So that's the one thing I think in the industry at large, people need to be cautious. We are building an emerging industry, you know. Well, you know, um, we've got a wrap here. We've got a big show to do. We want to thank you so much for being on. I'm going to have you on again, of course. Yeah.